to train you more. So do we know anybody out there with broken lives, with unspoken resentments, with gnawing guilt, and doesn't know how to deal with it, and maybe they're looking in the wrong places. In the Bible, Saul went to a wrong place to get his, some information. Didn't help him at all. And that's typical for people. We have a lot of broken people. We're broken ourselves. And so we need to be a support to one another. And it's very true out there. God cares. God deeply cares for them. So why doesn't he talk more? Because the very few times that he has talked, people have not understood it. Jesus understood his words, but some thought it was thundering when God spoke from heaven. Once when he did, the people said to Moses, please tell God not to do that. Because it thundered, it shook a mountain. God's got a voice. So he doesn't do it that way, typically. How does he do it? Right, through us. He does it people to people. So he looks for people who are sensitive, not just to God, but to people. So last night at a wedding, yesterday was a full day. I had a funeral in the morning and a wedding in the afternoon. And we got home at 9. And at the wedding, my friend Dave Melander, when the, when the groom, who was from India, married Sarah Goldstein, who was a part of Communitas, he said when this guy came by, I have a word for you. What was he saying? What, what, what did that mean? I have a word for you. Pardon? Something from God. And I, as soon as he said it, I said to myself, how kind of him. How kind of David not to be thinking about himself, but he's thinking about this groom, this newlywed, who's in a country that he doesn't know well. He's from India. His family is still wrapped up in the Hindu faith, and he is a Christian, and his sister who was there is a Christian. And so Dave, how kind of Dave. I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to be in situations, not just here, not just when we're meeting with the young pastors and I think ahead of time, I want to give them prophetic words because when I do, we, we get some, don't we, Nate? We get prophetic words because we're thinking about it. But the issue is, sometimes God is looking for people and no one's listening. But if they are, like Dave was listening, and so I just put my hand on Shaker, S-H-A-K-H-A-R, and he got a blessing on his wedding day. 
that he will not forget because someone wanted to be the means, people to people, to give him a word from heaven. So <coughs> God gears it down, and we call it prophecy. Now, when I say that, what images come to mind when you think of prophecy? Some might think of a bearded man. They don't think of a guy in a three-piece suit. And we tend not to think of girls, although Pentecost changed the landscape on that one. What do I mean by that? What did Pentecost say? Say it. Okay, this is going to be a new day. New day and say it. Your sons and your daughters. So you don't need a beard to prophesy. It's not essential. Now God's opening up. Because in the Old Testament, there were relatively few. And you know why? One of the reasons why, because there was something called prophesied. They killed them. You needed a lot of life insurance if you signed up for prophecy. That's why people, when God called them, they said, here am I, send Harry. Moses, what did he say? He made an excuse. He was one of the greatest men that has ever lived. He did things that no one has ever done, ever will do. And the first, his first response was, I can't talk. See, God needs a voice. God needs a person. And Moses did not want to be that voice. Do you? Raise your hand if you'd like to be a voice of heaven. I want to be a voice of heaven. I want to come with a word. We call it prophecy. What was the first word they used to describe prophets? It was given of Samuel. What did they call him? He was a, what? Pardon? A judge. I'm thinking of another one. That's true, too. It starts with S. He was a seer. A seer. What does a seer do? He sees. A prophet is one who sees things that other people don't see. So David, at that point, he was seeing something I wasn't seeing. And thank God that David was listening. Because when we learn to listen, we will see and we will hear. So I'm going on a retreat with my family. What do I do? I listen and I see. I see things. And I tell them what I see. I tell them what I hear. My desire is that you would live that way. That you would be in a position where it would be just as natural to do it at Trader Joe's as it would be to do it here. That's really where it belongs as much or maybe even more. And so <coughs> the more we are listening, the more we are hearing. Moses had a relationship with God where he met with him face to face. 
But it got tiresome because they were, everybody was coming to Moses because he had the word of the Lord. And that was hard on him. And he got tired. And he complained. And so God said, okay, you pick elders. And he put his hand on them. And then he had 70 who could prophesy. However, two of them missed the meeting. Medad and Eldad. Did they, get the, did they get the spirit as well? <clears throat> they got the spirit. And Joshua complained. Joshua said they weren't at the meeting. They don't get the spirit. And listen to what Moses said. Would that all God's people were prophets. And that he would lay his hand on all of them. Now, listen to Joel 2. I will pour out my spirit on, say it, all. My sons and daughters shall prophesy. So, it may not be in your mental framework to think of yourself as a prophet, but God does. If you are filled with the Spirit, you are equipped to prophesy. You are equipped to see and to hear. You remember Elisha, he kept interfering with the, uh, with the uh, plans of the king of, don't remember. And so he gathered his troops together and he said, somebody's blabbing. And one of the servants says, no, it's Elisha. What you say, this is in the Bible, what you say in the bedroom, he repeats. What's that? That's called prophecy. That's called, you're getting the information from heaven, not from the bedroom. And so this king says, I'm going to take him out. So he comes and he surrounds him in the city of Dothan, and there are soldiers all around, and the servant goes out, and he panics. I think I might have. I am dead meat. And Elijah, he comes in Elijah, and he, he's panicking, and Elijah says, open his eyes, Lord. He went back outside and God had opened his eyes. He he enabled him to see. He was a seer now. He could see. You want God to open your eyes so you can see? I want God to open my eyes so I can see angels. Karen sometimes sees angels. Some of you, anybody here see angels ever? Do you? I'd love to see angels. Did I have I told you about my friend in Norway who saw angels? Did I ever share that story? She would see angels daily. And I mean she could see them. She could see them. I said, is it physical or spiritual? She said, it's some of both. And so when the YWAMers got lost, they said, okay, Solvag, you got to get us there. We're testing you. She's in the car. She said, okay, go down here. This is a true story. Her father's a pastor, and he told me. You go down here. Okay, now turn right. Turn this way. She was a special needs girl. 
okay, it's that building there. I said, how did you know? She said, there were angels at those posts. And at the final one, angels sitting on top of the building, and she could see it. That's how kind God is. To, to allow us to see. I want to see that. I want to have spiritual. Paul prays that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened, that we may see. So when our eyes are enlightened, we'll see, we'll see people. And we'll be able to speak to them. Not just say, I hope you have a good day, although that's wonderful. Encouragement is wonderful. It's not prophecy, but it's encouragement. It's a wonderful thing. We're told to encourage one another. A prophetic word is a word in season. It's a timely word. It's a word that's going to match a need or an opportunity. So, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone. Can you finish it? But by. Okay. Every word. So God is speaking his word. Every word. Every. That word there is rhema. There's a word means logos. In the beginning was the logos, the word. But then there's a rhema, which is a different kind of word. It's a word in season. It's a word with a target. Not the universal word, but that word that goes right to the heart. So when Jesus said, you have five husbands, what did she say? I perceive that you are a prophet. Because you, you evidently saw something, because he didn't know her. But he knew something about her. He wasn't trying to shame her. He's going to deliver her. That is his greatest evangelism campaign ever in the Gospels, all four of them, that moment led to her becoming an evangelist and winning the city in Samaria. The whole city came out to hear Jesus. And it was his greatest, greatest evangelistic moment. So, if you want to know where to find out about prophecy, it's in the book. And we go to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> and he's writing for two reasons. He's writing, first of all, because they were messed up. They had every spiritual gift, it says in 1 Corinthians 7. They had every spiritual gift, so they were charismatic. But they were fouled up in their relationships their love feasts were like orgies. They were, they were uh, sexually immoral. They, they had things that the, would embarrass people in the world. They didn't know how to relate. They were kids. They were fighting with one another. And so he was dealing with that. But then he started answering their questions. They had questions for him. And in chapter 12, now, because in chapter 7, now concerning the things about which you wrote, about husbands and wives, the answer to that question, Chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts. So he's going to talk to them about spiritual gifts. So if you want to know about spiritual gifts, the best place in the Bible to go is 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Wait a minute. Chapter 13, that's not about gifts. That's about love, the great love chapter. Look at the concept, uh, the, co the context. It's about gifts. He names five gifts in 1 Corinthians 13, and he's saying that the motivation 
for exercise of gifts is love. If it's not there, zero. That's the benefit. If Dave gives a prophetic word and it's on target and he's thinking, man, I'm pretty hot. I really nailed that one. Whoop. You lost your reward, buddy. But if he's saying, thank God, thank God, it reached Shekhar. Shekhar got something. Tender heart, which I know Dave is. Great is your reward in heaven. So he's talking about spiritual gifts in chapter 12. So that's interesting. That he, didn't, he didn't answer abuse with disuse. He didn't say like some people might say, hey, none of those gifts. <laughs> we, let, get them out of here. We just want the fruit of the Spirit. He did not say that. In fact, he talked more about gifts than any other place. I want you to understand gifts properly. And so here he is telling them about the gifts of the Spirit. And then in chapter 13, he gives them the motivation. If I speak with the tongues of men and, have, and of angels, those are gifts. But have not love, I'm just making noise. And then in chapter 14, he says, so pursue love, chapter 13, and somebody read it. Okay, that word desire is the Greek word zelao, from which we get the word zeal. If you want to desire, you want to be zealous for. I want you to think about this now. Am I zealous for prophetic gifting? I pray for it most days. I have prayed for it most days of my life in the last 20 years. I've prayed for prophecy. It's a part of my list. I want to prophesy. I want to speak into people's life. So, I hope there's a little evidence in my life that I want it so that God will give it to me. If I'm so-so, if I'm casual, well, maybe I won't get it. But if I'm interested, earnestly pursue love, keep, keep the love going, and earnestly desire gifts, especially, whoa, of all the gifts, it sounds like he's saying, of all the gifts, Desire prophesy, prophecy. So, close your eyes. I just say it in your heart to God. If you really want, just tell him you desire it. That'd be a good thing. Desire it. Let it grow in you. Don't think it's for somebody else. Don't think it's for somebody more spiritual than you. This is the Bible. This is the word of God. Okay. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. No one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. You read chapter 14, and you're not going to think that he doesn't like tongues. He really does. He's thankful. In fact, he says, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. So he speaks in tongues a lot. However, in this body, prophesying is more important than speaking in tongues. In here. Or when you're talking to Shekhar, you're not speaking in tongues. You're going right to his heart with a prophetic word. So, he wants us to understand both are important. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for what, th- what three things? Read it. Edification? Are those good things? 
Those are really good things. The gift of prophecy is not the gift of criticism. The gift of prophecy is not how telling, telling people how messed up they are. In fact, if you get a word, Jack Deere said this, if you get a word and it's a negative word, give the positive side of it. For instance, if you feel like there's anger boiling up inside as you put your hands on someone, say, you know, I sense that God is wanting to free you from some of the emotional chains that are locking you up. That's the positive side. We're not speaking to their past. Listen to this. Prophecy is speaking to their potential. Matthew, tax collector, Jesus could have nailed him. And he wouldn't want to follow Jesus. He could have told him all about it. What did he say? He said, follow me and I will make you. Wow. So, is there anybody here It's going to ask, is there anybody here who could use more upbuilding or encouragement or consolation? Does, does that hit anybody here? We desperately need that. We need it from human beings. We need it with, from people with skin on. And God wants to give it to us through one another. And so if you today say, I want to grow in the gift of prophecy, that's a really good thing. Because growing the gift of prophecy is growing in the ability to bring upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. For the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Don't get me wrong. But even more to prophesy. <laughs> is it clear? Is Paul making himself clear? The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets give a tongue and then give an interpretation, that's like a prophecy. So, purpose of prophecy is to hit on the critical issues. Simon saw man. He said, I see. Peter was speaking to Simon. I see. He's a seer. That you have a gall of iniquity. There's bitterness in your heart. I see it. So God will open your eyes so that you'll see that you'll be talking to somebody and he'll let you see something. Or feel. Some people are feelers. Any of you, when you pray for people, that you actually feel something as you pray? Anybody? Do you? Yeah. Okay. Pardon? Sense? Yeah, that's, that's another. That's a different. It's, you, can, you can feel something. You can sense something. You have intuition. Some people have spiritual intuition. They can intuit things. And those help in the prophetic gift to declare the truth. Sometimes we need to be real bold. I love what uh, Greg Berglund preached on about say to this mountain. Scripture doesn't tell us. He said in all the passages of healing, not one of them says pray. It says speak. And uh, so he said, you shall speak to this mountain and say, be removed. So you speak to the mountains. You speak to the things that are in your way in the name of Jesus. And that's prophecy. Your son will live. Oh, well, that's pretty good news. So when did that happen? Well, they figured it out when he spoke the word. Oh, I want it. I desire that. 
hindrances, no expectation. I'll hurry through here. Speaking a little longer today, but I don't apologize. No expectation. Zelao. Desire. Stir up the gift. Moses said, I can't. We had a funny experience with Sandy Hall. She was doing, she was uh, the principal of our school at Trinity, and she was asked to do a seminar at another church, and she did the seminar, and they said, now we want you to lay hands on everybody and pray for them, and she swallowed hard. Well, we had the reputation at Trinity of doing that with people, and so they figured, well, everybody could do it, and Sandy gulped, and she started laying hands, and you know what she discovered? That God is not God doesn't have favorites. That she said, he gave me words. He let me see things. And I was able to do the job. So that excites me. That I, th- I love this one. The Lord does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. God, would you reveal some things to me about other people Not so I can say, I know some things about you. But that you could bring freedom. And so, Karis, when she was a teenager, and we were inviting people like John Paul Jackson. I got a word of prophecy from him in my prophecy here. From Rick Joyner. From other superheroes. She never said, nor did many people, I could do that. At some point in Lutheran renewal, we said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to have people come and prophesy. We're going to have people come and what? Teach us how to prophesy. That's what we did. And so we changed and then we had a, a group that came from Norway, and they were prophesying at the mall. And Kara said for the first time to me, I could do that. That's what I want you to say this morning. I can do this. I can do it. I can listen. And God will speak to me. Okay? So I want to pray for you, and then we're going to do it. We're going to just do one, and then we're going to call it a morning. So just... Uh, Put yourself in a relaxed position. And I hope that you'll say something like this. Father, I want to be used to minister to other people. I want to be used to take your word and give it to people in need. I want to bring healing. I want to bring hope. I want to lift shame. I want to help people that are stuck with resentment or anxiety and set them free. I want you to open my eyes so that I can see things that I haven't seen so I can say things I haven't said. And Father, I am trusting you to extend our influence at Lydia House because people are are beginning to prophesy in places that they haven't prophesied before. They're doing what they haven't done before.
in Jesus' name, amen.